You are listening to the Torah Sparks Podcast, the podcast that finds and ignites sparks of spiritual light and meaning in anything and everything, bringing out lessons and values straight from the Holy Torah. I am your host, Ori Strum. Let's jump right in. And we're back. Welcome to another episode of the Torah Sparks Podcast. Thanks for tuning in once again. Um, this week is Parsha Shoftim. Um, you know, if you want the quick stats, it contains 41 mitzvos, 97 psukim, 1,523 words, 5,590 letters. Um, you know, one of the things I like to do on this podcast, I mean, you know, we, we say a lot of Divri Torah, we go through random anecdotes, different stories, um, different analogies, parables, Mishalim, try to, we try to show that there's beauty and, and uh, meaning everywhere and everywhere. Um, anyways, so, uh, you know, on that, on that idea, everybody, and be, and again, we like being brutally honest, right? And, and I just want you to be honest for a second, for a moment or two. Somewhere in your house, there is a mysterious light switch that you have no idea what it connects to. You have no idea what it does. You've tried it. It, it, it seems like maybe it doesn't work. Is it controlling something? Is it not? It's this mysterious light switch that somehow manifests itself in every single home. And don't worry, yeah, it's, it's not just you. You're not alone. I, I'm almost positive every home that ever existed has one of these light switches that does not work and no one knows what in the world it connects to. And if you think about it, it's, it's a funny thought. But for all you know, it's possible that every time you turn that mysterious light switch on in your home, it's actually causing wind turbines to spin in central Indonesia, allowing the local village residents to have proper electricity. However, little, little did you know that every time you innocently flip the switch off, thinking you're just, you know, playing with the switch, you know, hey, look, it's not doing anything, right? Little do you know, when you turn off that innocent-looking switch, you're actually causing these turbines to stop spinning, thus causing tremendous havoc in that village in central Indonesia. And, you know, similar, but different to be honest it is to similar to this mysterious unsolved light switch the mystery of the unsolved light switch we have a mystery in our parsha parsha shoftim the torah at the end of parsha shoftim in chapter 21 verse 1 through 9 discusses the case of the mysterious unsolved murder if a corpse was found if a mace was found in Eretz Yisrael and the body was located somewhere between two cities, the elders and the judges of the cities would measure the distance between each city and determine which city was in closer proximity to the dead person. Whichever city was deemed closer, the elders of that city would need to carry out the process called Egla Arufa. Essentially, they would take a heifer, a young female cow that has not that has not given birth or pulled a yoke yet, and they would they would take it to a strong stream of water and break its neck with an axe. The elders of the city would then say, in Hebrew, but I'll say it in English, our hands did not spill this blood. Please atone for your, capital Y, it's talking about Hashem, please atone for your people of Israel. 
Rabbeinu B'chaya offers a, a, a pshat based on medrash, a midrashic approach to the subject of Egla Rufa, based on the Gemara and Sota 46b. And the Gemara wonders, why a stream? Why do you take the heifer? Why is it specifically taken to be killed by a strong stream of water? If you think about it, fruit and produce, peros, right, does not grow near a strong stream due to the intense pressure. It's so it's going so fast, the strong stream. It's not conducive for uh, the climate of produce or fruit. Hashem said, "Let the yearling calf whose neck is broken, let this egla rufa, let this calf whose neck is broken serve as a symbol and have her neck broken in a place which will not produce any fruit." in order to atone for the slain person, the guy who's dead, the guy who died, who was killed, whose life has been cut short and will no longer be able to produce fruit. To produce fruit? What, is, what does that mean? What, what fruit exactly will the slain person not be able to produce? As far as I remember, people don't produce fruit, right? Unless it's referring to that age-old mother's warning for a kid, hey, don't swallow an apple pit, lest... Right, an apple tree starts growing in the stomach, which we know is a phony. It doesn't work like that. So, what does that mean? What's the Gemara telling us? What, what fruit exactly will the slain person not be able to produce? So much so that you take the calf and you break its neck, specifically by a strong stream of water, where no produce. Right? What does that mean? He'll no longer be able to produce fruit. What, what is going on? says the Rabbeinu Bechaya, and really quoting from the Gemara, what fruit will the slain person not be able to produce? The Gemara says, mitzvos. That's right. The fruit is being referred to here. The, it, it's referring to mitzvos. The commandments of the Torah are peros, are mitzvos. When someone kills someone else, the killer is depriving the victim of the opportunity to perform additional mitzvos in his life. And it's such an, a, a fascinating um, teaching. Amidst a sorrow-filled backdrop of a depressing and sad case of the unsolved murder, we are taught a lesson for life. Life is supposed to be filled with fruit. Life is supposed to be rich, vibrant, exotic, and healthy. By connecting to Hashem's Torah and performing the mitzvos, we are tapping into the beauty of this world and are allowing ourselves to experience the greatest opportunity of a lifetime. I'll tell you a, a beautiful um, idea. You know, in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Re'e, we said one of the most often quoted psukim, the Pasuk in 14.1, it said, Bonim atem lashem elokechem. You are children of Hashem. You know what's so interesting? Bonim says that Evan Ezra, Bonim is a uh, ben, a ben is a, a if, a, a branch, a branch of a tree. You know, it's interesting, if you look back in Genesis, in Beratius, I believe it's in um, 49.22, but I might be wrong, it might be 48.29, I, I don't, you have to look somewhere in Genesis, it's either in chapter 49 or 48, but it says the words by Yosef Atzadik, it says, Ben Poras Yosef, Ben Poras, right? The, uh, the These two words go hand in hand, Ben and poras, you know, poras is a reference to peros, fruit. And ben, as we see from the Evan Ezra, is a reference to a branch. You know what's interesting? Ben, poras, what's the connection between a, a branch and a fruit, between a ben and a poras? Think about it. A fruit 
grows on a branch, right? And we are all banim, banim atem l'ashem. We are all branches, offshoots of a Kaddish Baruch And we each in our own lives, we have payros to produce. We have things to bring out. We have the mitzvahs, our unique set. Um, you know, we have the 613 mitzvahs, but the way that we do them, our kavana, the way that we carry out with our machshava, with our dibor, with our maisa, we each have this ben poras, this this branch, this fruit, this um, this relationship with Hashem, and that's something that we have to value and appreciate. Find, go out there, find your mitzvos, and and appreciate it, and go with it, and realize that you know, and find find those exotic fruits, that unique the unique fruit about you. No one else is the same fruit as you. Make a shechayano every morning when you wake up. Not actually, don't actually make bracha, but realize when you say modani, Hashem give you life. Realize it's like a shechayano. It's it, it, you're like that new fruit and you have something to offer um, that no one else can and um, I th- listen there's a lot more we could say but um, anyways I just wanted to give you that idea hopefully it can resonate nicely and we should all be able to produce um, and become the best people that we can possibly become thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another episode of the Torah Sparks podcast. Um, I strongly uh, ask, if you don't mind, share this with a friend, with a family, with a neighbor, someone who you think would gain, would appreciate um, these these words of Torah. And without further ado, uh, well, that's the wrong terminology, but either way, have an amazing rest of your week, and we'll see you next time.